This is a Reconstructionist Radio production. Please visit calcedon.edu. That's C-H-A-L-C-E-D-O-N dot E-D-U to download this book in PDF format or to purchase this book. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by Rusus John Rushduni. Copyright 2007, Mark R. Rushduni. Published by Calcedon Ross House Books. P.O. Box 158, Vallecito, California, 95251. All rights reserved. The Cure of Souls, Recovering the Biblical Doctrine of Confession by R.J. Rushdini. Chapter 10. False Absolutions. Confession is a religious necessity when God's law has been broken. All law, however, is religious because all law legislates a moral system. It declares some acts to be wrong and culpable because other activities are legitimate and protected. Law presupposes a necessary order and punishes disorder. Law and education are the two basic religious manifestations in any society. Churches, temples, cults and the various shrines and institutions may be as important as law and education but not necessarily so because very often they echo a dying faith or enshrine a heritage more than a living fact. In Christendom, church and state in the past have both dealt with the necessity for restoration and absolution. Offences have been met with sentences, penalties, penances and other ways of confronting the wrongdoer and restoring him. As we have seen in the case of Samuel Terry in colonial Massachusetts, absolution followed in both church and state. At present, absolution is gone in civil society and is weak in ecclesiastical society. There are reasons for this. The goal of the legal process, of which confession in the church is a part, in both church and state, was once restitution to the offended party and the restoration of the offender. The decline of this process has furthered greatly the growth of an ever-increasing criminal class in our time and, in the church, of rifts in community which are covered over but not healed. Basic to this has been a prior decline in the meaning of atonement. Its relation to law has been very tellingly analysed by Harold J. Berman in Law and Revolution. The atonement has reference in scripture to a legal transaction. The covenant between God and man having been broken, the penalty is death, and all mankind in Adam is under sentence of death. What mankind is in need of to re-establish the covenant with God is a perfect keeping of the covenant law, restitution and regeneration in order to be a covenant keeper instead of a covenant breaker. Jesus Christ, as the last Adam and the head of a new humanity, keeps the covenant perfectly, makes restitution to God by his atoning death and, as the resurrected head of a new humanity, gives them a new life and also the gift of the Holy Spirit. This new humanity is now essentially covenant-keeping instead of covenant-breaking. Its sins are hamartia, falling short of the mark, 
rather than anomia, against or anti-law. The forgiveness of sins thus means that the charges are dropped because satisfaction has been rendered. It can mean, on occasion, charges deferred for the time being. The confession of sins is the first step in this process. It is followed by restitution and then absolution and restoration. In the past, in the civil process, the guilty party, after conviction by evidence apart from any confession, was urged to confess to God. With confession and restitution, restoration followed. Because of this process, there was a measure of healing in society. Now, however, justification is sought by denying the validity of the offence, as in Jean-Paul Sartre's Saint-Genet. The crime is now seen often as a break with evil convictions, and hence is a means of justification. The late and ludicrous Henry Miller wrote to justify barbarism and sexual sins. In his old age and impotence, he wrote love letters to a very young woman. A decadent romantic to the last, he called himself an incurable romantic. Concerned about the afterlife, Miller decided to forgive his mother for disciplining him when he was young. In Brenda Venus's words, quote, We agreed that he couldn't get into heaven if he continued to harbour this hatred. End quote. Of course, at the same time, Miller believed in reincarnation. He also believed in astrology and occultism. Miller, who rejected biblical morality, all the same believed in holiness. For him, holiness was possible by a, ded a dedication to sexuality. Quote, for some sex leads to sainthood, for others it is the road to hell. End quote. The way to holiness could be through a whore's vagina, if understood properly, if entered with heart and soul, and checking your belongings outside. The whore so entered understands this, and so, when shown a bit of kindness, she's ready to give her soul. When so treated, she will be, quote, the most generous of souls. Her one desire is to be able to give herself, not just her body, end quote. All this is amazing. How can a man write such nonsense? Men do need to justify themselves. If it is not done in terms of God's law, it will be done in terms of something else. The good, in terms of scripture, is denied in favour of another idea of the good. Contempt for morality winds up being as moralistic as any pious monk. In terms of a new order, a new justification is created. Apart from the biblical order, no order satisfies man nor gives him absolution. Miller's, letter, Miller's letters to Brenda Venus often seek to justify his attitudes. Instead of being a dirty old man, he is a totally free and pure one in his own eyes. Why not accept what he is? This he cannot do. He does not deny the validity of all standards. He subverts biblical ones to create new ones. He wanted passionately the respectability and prestige of a Nobel Prize in Literature and pulled all kinds of strings trying to get it. He was so heartbroken after one rejection that he telephoned Lawrence Durrell to ask him to investigate the matter. Durrell reported that one of the chief men told him, Monsieur Durrell, I think I must tell you 
that we are waiting for him to become respectable. Christian confession leads to restoration into God's grace. It often leads to restoration with men. Whether or not the human aspect is fulfilled, men, being sinners, the basic place of restoration into God's covenant peace is the governing fact. Humanistic confession has no such restoration because it is a realm without grace. Its doctrine of forgiveness is to forget about offences, as though overlooking a man's sins can convert him into a saint. This faulty policy was adopted by Julius Caesar. He ordered all public records which incriminated his opponents in the long civil war be destroyed. His policy was clementia. Roman society would be healed of its evils by putting aside the past and beginning anew. It was, however, the men whom Julius Caesar forgave and continued in office who assassinated him. His policy of reconciliation failed because there was no confession, no restitution, no grace and no regeneration. Cicero said, quote, Clementia became the dictator's fate. His generosity became his destruction. The world today wants a false forgiveness, Caesar's forgiveness, which means treating sins as trifles. Scripture describes this view as the way of the adulterous woman. Such is the way of an adulterous woman. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith, I have done no wickedness, from Proverbs 30.20. End quote. Cheap forgiveness means a cheap view of sin and also of the atonement. Sin, being so costly in God's sight that it required the death of the incarnate Son of God, cannot be treated lightly by men. Moreover, because all sin is against God's law, sin cannot be dealt with in how we feel about it, but must rather be dealt with in terms of what God says about it. Absolution is a necessity. It cannot be had on man's terms, either in church or in state. False absolutions are thus deadly. This is the end of chapter 10. The Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network brings to you a complete lineup of podcasts where you will hear practical and tactical theology. Our desire is not simply that you consume our shows, but that you also live out your faith in every area of life. We can talk all day long about these things, but if we fail to put them into practice, then we fail as ambassadors of Jesus Christ, our King. Subscribe now to your favorite Reconstructionist Radio Podcast Network shows, or you can subscribe to the Reconstructionist Radio Master Feed, where all of the content we produce including the audiobooks and audio articles, will pop up as soon as they are available. And don't forget to visit ReconstructionistRadio.com to volunteer as a narrator or to partner with this ministry financially. May the Holy Spirit stir you into action for Christ and His Kingdom.